At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to be with you here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition, an early one at that. Hornets in a Sunday matinee against the L.A. Clippers, trying to earn a split of the season series and trying to make it three consecutive wins and continue to put pressure on the top six teams in the Eastern Conference. So we'll preview the matchup for you. Also going to talk about the small forward position. Last time out, Hornets were without both of their small forwards. No Kelly Oubre, no Gordon Hayward, but it has really been a strong spot for the Hornets all season long. We're going to give it a little bit more focus today, and we're going to ask a question that I think it's it's time to start asking. Is James Borrego a Coach of the Year candidate helping us on all these topics? You see him nightly as a sports anchor for Spectrum One right here in the Queens City. Mike Salarte back with us again here on the HHC. And Mike, I got to say, you know, every time we we bring in a guest from the outside media, I always ask them, hey, is there anything you want to talk about, anything you're working on? And most of them are are really generous and want to say, oh, whatever you want to talk about. But for me as a host, I feel like I get down the same rabbit holes each and every time, you know, talking about what's on my mind. So I appreciate you coming to us with some topics to talk about, some new blood here. (laughs) Well, it's things that I've been kind of kicking around in my head as the season has progressed and I mean if you're going to open the door Sam I'm going to walk through it but honestly uh, this is a season that you know we talked earlier this season and I was you know you presented the question of you know, where where does this Hornets team, how good are they through this point of the season? And I was like, yeah, they're pretty good, but I want to see more. And then you presented some other arguments and really opened my eyes to, man, this 
Hornets team might really be something special this year. So it, it's been a lot of fun to watch. I think when we talked last time, the team had been on the road for a while. I think we talked when the team was in Orlando, if I'm not mistaken. But in any case, whenever it was, you know, Charlotte was in the midst of one of their longer road stretches. They were around 500, maybe just under it. And I remember us talking about how, you know, the team was trying to work their way through a disadvantaged schedule, trying to get to this time of year. And, and lo and behold, whether it's lucky or good or both, I'm glad I've been right so far because the Hornets are 28 and 22 and looking like they're going to put some pressure on the top six teams. One of the big reasons why, one of the topics you wanted to talk about was the small forward position. Gordon Hayward having a very strong year. Obviously, he's missed the last couple of games with a foot issue as well as being in health and safety protocols. But overall, when on the floor, he has been an overwhelmingly positive presence. And then you've got Kelly Oubre, who you posed this question to me that you wanted to talk about. Is Oubre the missing piece to the playoff puzzle? So I'll direct it to you, Mike Salart. Spectrum One, is Kelly Oubre the missing piece of the playoff puzzle? I want to say this about Kelly Oubre. In in the time that I've covered this franchise, the the Bobcats iteration into the Hornets, I don't recall a player that has been as impactful in a six-man role, uh, you know, a Swiss Army knife kind of guy that you can plug in as a starter when needed, than Kelly Oubre Jr. He provides so much energy he provides a ton of bounce when he's on the floor, and of course, when he's when he's got that three point stroke working like he's had in you know recent games, I just don't know how teams defend you know this Hornets group when they're running you know eight and nine guys out there, and Oubre is so interchangeable with the other four players on the floor. So I, I've ne- I've not seen a player like him, and in, in, you know Hornets fans, Bobcats fans that are listening, you might think of somebody else, but I, I can't I can't think of another guy that was a, a six man that was as versatile as Oubre is. And to me, I think that was one of the best signings that this franchise has had in recent years. And then Gordon Hayward, think about last year, Sam, you know, the injury that cost him basically the back end of the season this year, COVID protocols, the foot, and then back in COVID protocols. Again, when he's on the floor and it's proven, I mean, they're, they're 10 and, uh, or maybe now it's 11 and 21 all time when Gordon's not, on the floor thanks to the win on Friday they got back to back wins without him but this is this is a guy that has proven his worth since his arrival and you know the, the folks out there wonder oh my goodness how can you spend so much money on a guy that's you know that's been around the league for so long he's he's worth he's been worth every penny of it but of course and the proof will be in the pudding at the end of the year should this team be a top six top four which I think top four is certainly well within reach I think they I think they've got the the group that can get him there but his worth will be measured in the playoffs because you know Sam how great all of these teams are in preparation in terms of scouting and taking things away from you know defensively that'll be a real a real key when they get to the postseason because I mean I think they're a playoff team I don't think they're a play in team I think they're going to be a, they're going to finish the top six and I'm hoping top four you know for for James Borrego and company I'm hoping for that too that would be wonderful for the Hornets with Gordon Hayward I, I agree with you in a certain respect I feel like Gordon Hayward's mission was accomplished last year he missed a lot of time obviously due to injury and that knocked him out of the playoffs but he got them to the postseason they did play in a play-in tournament game and that's not what everyone aspires to but they did get that experience so I I counted year one as a success and I credit Gordon Hayward with a lot of it and I think here in year two you're right when he is on the floor this is a playoff team and when he's not, even with the last two results, they're just not a playoff team. you, you got to be a 500 squad to make the playoffs. 
And without Gordon Hayward to this point, the Hornets aren't that. So I'm with you. And we're going to talk momentarily here about is JB, James Borrego, the coach of the year. I think there's a serious argument, depending on if the Hornets reach your your lofty goals there, making a top four spot. If they do that, I think we start talking about Mitch Kupchak being GM of the year because the additions of Oubre and Hayward the year before and Ish Smith and the way that he has drafted has put this franchise from middling around in the the lower portions of the lottery to a serious contender for home court advantage in the playoffs. No, I completely agree with that, and, uh, and yeah, we'll we'll touch on JB uh, in a minute, but you know, and even Mitch as well. To me, I think that when you look at what this group has done and how they've banded together, and it all started in the off season, you know, the Terry Rozier organizing everybody to go to Florida and, and hang ahead of the ahead of the start of camp, and this group has been a fist. You know, they haven't been a hand, they've been a fist, and, and that's been really, really fun to watch. You know, when things when things were going, you know, a little bit sideways early on, you could easily understand if the group started to fracture, but they hung in there, and, and that, you know, that is a credit to those players, but I think it's also a credit to James Borrego. I like that analogy very, very much. Uh, individually, there's a lot of talent there, but they are better collectively than they are individually. The leader of the uh, group, man wielding the fist, I suppose, James Borrego. Is he a candidate for Coach of the Year? We'll ask that question to Mike Salarte, sports anchor for Spectrum One, right here in Charlotte, after this, here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Mike Salarte, sports anchor for Spectrum One here in Charlotte with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast. Mike, again, our appreciation for you posing some topics because this is one that I've had in the back of my mind, but I've never, to this point at least this season, brought it up on a podcast. But I think it's about time we start having the conversation. We're 50 games in. Charlotte is 28-22. and 22. They have far surpassed the win percentage that they were supposed to be on based off a lot of the national publications. You ask the question, I'll I'll put it to you to to give us the answer first. Is head coach James Borrego a serious candidate for Coach of the Year? I think he's definitely a serious candidate for Coach of the Year. Um, I mean, I put put him right now, if you're looking at, if you you whittle down a a group from, say, 10 to 5 and 5 on, I, I think JB right now is a top five based on all the changes that this roster underwent, bringing in, bringing in guys like Ish Smith, bringing in Mason Plumley, bringing in Kelly Oubre Jr., the draft picks, you know, James Booknight, Kai Jones, JT Thor to a lesser extent, but those guys are still getting a lot of, you know, getting a lot of uh, work in practice, maybe not so much showing up on the floor, but Book has been pretty good in the last week. And being able to take those young guys with a really relatively young core, you know, the older guys like uh, like Smith and, and Oubre has been around the block a bit, and Plumlee as well, but 
that's a young core when you're looking at Bridges and Washington and LaMelo. That's a young group, and, and those are the, you know, those are your, your lead singers. But the backup singers, you know, the guys in the glitter suits are the ones that are really kind of showing the young guys the road. You know, the Mason Plumleys and the Ish Smith and the Ubrays. They're kind of helping those guys along. And, you know, it starts at the top, and it starts with James Borrego. And to me, I think that JB has been a solid coach since his arrival in Charlotte. Mitch Kupchak has been just a maestro, but, you know, Mitch is buying the groceries and JB is cooking the dinner and JB has been a solid cook all season long and I think he's been a really good cook since his arrival and now we're finally getting to see what the benefits of all of that work and so with, the, with this team being over 500 with six games over 500 at 28-22 you could look back earlier in the season and, and the schedule that we had talked about in my previous uh, visit with you the schedule was, was against them with all the road games and they were still able to kind of hang around hang around 500 be up a little bit on up a little bit under and now that the schedule has turned like you predicted back then to being more home heavy and in this stretch I mean there's there's a couple of games right now that I certainly hope don't come back to haunt Charlotte the loss to Orlando is one of those uh, the loss to Toronto Toronto was a was a team that you know was missing so many guys and playing in an empty building and, and just you know Charlotte unable to get the job done there but I think that there's enough talent that they can pick up other wings down the road to make those kind of null again at the heart of all this is James Borrego at at the top guiding this group and implementing his systems these players picking it up and executing it I think that the only thing right now that this team really really needs and it's not that they need to add a person or anything they add a player or anything like that I just think that this group collectively needs to develop a killer instinct I think that the, the, the Laker game on Friday was a prime example of that. They have the Lakers and they've got to, they've got to learn how to, you know, to put, just put teams away. The Indiana game aside, that was, I mean, that was, uh, you know, while it was so much fun to watch the ball going through the basket, to me, Indiana is not a team that is going to be as problematic for the Hornets down the road because the Hornets still living off of that playing loss to the Pacers last year. I think they've got that handled, but I think that when they've got an opportunity to put teams away, they've got to do that, that, go for the throat mentality and just just get the thing to zeros with a win as opposed to making the fourth quarter like it was on Friday night. And again, credit to Russell Westbrook because he single-handedly shot that team back into the game in the second half. But overall, I would love to see this team develop that mindset. And that, I think, is something that's got to come from JB. But I think it's also got to be developed in the players where they've got to say, okay, enough's enough. We've messed around long enough. Let's let's bury these guys, get this win, and get on to the next one. That's the only thing that I want them to develop. But otherwise, if JB is not a top-five candidate for Coach of the Year right now, I don't know what some of the folks that have those votes are watching because it's been so much fun to watch uh, Sam to this point and a lot of it I think has to do with James Borrego just pushing the right buttons pulling the right strings doing the right things here and there making key decisions and this team is better off for it well I'm with you on him being a top five candidate and you know some of the killer instinct stuff I, I, I think they're getting there every team wants to be better at closing especially young ones I think the gravitational pull of the NBA is to have every game decided by one or two possessions and certainly when you're playing a, a Hall of Famer like Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony they're going to do their part um, but it was a solid win for the Hornets the other day but to the original question is JB a serious coach of the year candidate I don't have a vote 
but I have my list of who would be in my top five. And, and how I do this, there's different criteria for different awards, but for me, Coach of the Year is all about how did your team perform compared to preseason expectations. And there are always factors, like is there a major trade or a major injury that can shift things? But for the most part, if you're projected at 30 wins and you end up with 50 wins, I think that makes you a candidate. If you are projected at 60 wins and you end up with 62, that doesn't do it for me. You know, if you got a great team, and you keep them on the the straight and narrow, it's a good coaching job, but it's not coach of the year to me. So that in mind, here's my top five, and I'm going to give you their preseason win projection and what they're on pace to do right now. So for the Hornets, James Borrego, they were projected by several major publications as a 33-win team. I thought that was insane at the start of the year, but that's what the national media thought. So they're the ones voting on this. They're going to look at it and say, hey, we thought this was a non-postseason team. They're on pace now for 46 wins, so a plus 13. A lot of the credit, like you said, goes to James Borrego. Here's my leading candidate, J.B. Bickerstaff with Cleveland. The Cavs were supposed to win, by most major publications, about 25 games. They're on pace for 50 right now. So he's my number one. My number two, Steve Kerr. The Golden State Warriors have been phenomenal. And, you know, some of the the guys coming back have helped things, no doubt. But start of the season, experts had them at about 37 wins. They're headed for 60 right now based off their current pace. So I think Golden State gets a lot of credit. And the other two coaches I would throw in there, Monty Williams with Phoenix. Yes, they were supposed to be really good, but they're going to have a shot at 70 wins if they keep up this pace right now. And then the Chicago Bulls projected to be an under 500 team. They're right now amongst the leaders in the Eastern Conference. Billy Donovan deserves a lot of credit. So that's my top five. Real quick, Mike. Is any one of them, in your mind, way ahead of James Borrego, or where does he stack up in that five-man pecking order? I think of the five that, uh, of the four others that you list there, I think the only guy that might have a sizable lead is probably J.B. Bickerstaff. Loved J.B. in his time when he was in Charlotte. He was great to deal with and, and work with. And you're right. The, what they have done to this point is exceptional. Steve Kerr, I have a hard time when you look at that roster and yeah, you know, look, I, I know that they were projected to do, to be under 37, I think you said 37 wins, and they're on pace for maybe 60. You still have Steph Curry. You still have Clay Thompson. You still have all that talent that's on the floor. That's kind of like Golden State just being Golden State and saying, yeah, you guys didn't think much of us, but we're still we're still the Warriors. And I'm not trying to take away anything that he's done because I love Steve Kerr. Donovan's done a wonderful job in Chicago, but then again, Look at what they did in terms of you know, the, the acquisition of Vucevic and Rosen. I mean, that changes the complexion of any NBA team. And as a Chicagoan, hey, that's nice to see the Bulls doing well. Where is, on this Hornets roster, where is the bona fide superstar talent? Well, the talent is there. The all-star history is not. The only, the only all-star is Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm talking about certifiable superstar guys that are household name. The, the household name right now with the Hornets is LaMelo Ball because of everything that that youngster has done so far. I don't necessarily know that NBA, that uh, the casual NBA fan could pick Gordon Hayward out of a lineup. I, w- I don't know that I'd go that far, but I but I see what you're saying. And I'm saying casual. Fair. Well, if, if we're saying that, then I think they'd say the same thing about Kevin Love for Cleveland or Darius Garland. Or, but your, your point's well taken. I think if you compare from this group of teams – Golden State, Phoenix, they are elite teams. They were last year. They are this year. They're just more elite than maybe people had thought they could have been. Chicago has surpassed expectations, but to your point, 
there are three all-stars on that roster. Whether they got there last year or not is irrelevant. There's three all-star level players coming into the season that were on that roster, so it does help the job for Billy Donovan to be that much better. Maybe expectations were set too low. Cleveland and Charlotte, for sure, are the two teams that had limited all-star experience on their roster and are vastly exceeding the national expectations. But we got to move on to our game preview, but I think, suffice it to say, I think we can agree on this, Mike. JB's in some very good company. If he ends up in the top five with Steve Kerr, Monty Williams, Billy Donovan, and JB Bickerstaff, turning this Cleveland team around, I think he is well-suited to that group and has certainly proven himself to be one of the elite coaches right now in the NBA. He'll have another chance to prove how good he is taking on a Clippers team today, a matinee, 1 p.m. tip-off time at Spectrum Center. Clippers a bit beat up, but still a team that made the Western Conference Finals a year ago. We will preview the matchup next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Sam Farber, Mike Salarte of Spectrum One right here in Charlotte, here with us on the HHC. Mike, it's time to preview tonight's matchup against the Clippers. First time these two teams played, it was really different circumstances. The Hornets were a bit beat up then, too. The Clippers were not. I mean, they've gone the whole season without Kawhi Leonard, so I don't want to infer that they are not a team without one of its main pillars. They certainly are. But they had Paul George, who went for 20 in that game. They had a lot of the star power, and, of course, the setting, the scenery being at home didn't hurt them either. But now the script flips. Hornets are hosting the Clippers, who are on a very long road trip, and they have not had the services of either Kawhi Leonard or Paul George for the last several games. So for today's contest, I need a player to watch for each team, as well as a statistic to watch, and we'll go through them item by item. So where would you like to start, a player for the Clippers, the Hornets, or a stat to watch? Let's start with a stat to watch. For me, against you know a Clippers team that's a game under 500 coming in, to this one, I want to see the Hornets. I want to see assists to uh, made baskets. I want to see them continue to share the ball. I want to see them continue to to work the ball around the floor and to be able to find open guys for either open threes or easy buckets underneath. That's one stat I, I know that makes uh, JB smile. Is you know when you've got say you know forty made baskets and you've got. 29, 30 assists on those. He's always going to be happy with things like that. So to me, that's a stat to watch in terms of how the Hornets are able to get the Clippers moving around, get the Clippers you know, out of their comfort zone defensively with the extra pass, finding the extra guy, and making sure that they finish at the rim. I think that's, you know, that the assist number being up is going to be uh, is going to be very beneficial for the Hornets because it's not just going to be one guy, catch and shoot, catch and shoot. It's going to be work the ball, work the shot clock down, and get that bucket you know, with what passes to the, you know, to find the open guy. That's the one thing I'm looking for. Certainly a trademark of, of Hornets basketball season and, and one of their benchmarks, their goals every night is 30 assists and they, they tend to win a lot when they get there. My stat to watch, I didn't want to make both of these guys my players to watch, so I'm taking this stat as a stat to watch, but the plus minus at the center positions, kind of like points in the paint or rebounding, but plus minus of the center position, Avica Zubats and Mason Plumley are two very good good centers 
who don't get nearly enough credit for their team, but their success seems to mirror their team's success. If you look at the Clippers, 500 team, but when Avica Zubats is a even or a plus player in the plus minus, Clippers are 17 and three. When he doesn't play or he is a minus, they're eight and 23. Similarly, Mason Plumley. He does everything but score for this team, but he's been doing it really, really well, particularly in the last month. But over the entire season, if Mason Plumley is an even or a minus player in the plus minus or just doesn't play, they're a below 500 team. They're 12 and 18. If he's on the floor and he has a plus game, they are 16 and 4. So the center position is pivotal for both these teams. Whoever wins that matchup, not necessarily in terms of individual scoring or rebounding, but whoever is a better net positive on the floor between Zubots for the Clippers and Plumley for the Hornets, that's probably the team that's going to win this game. I want to see Plumley continue to add to his string of reverse dunks. He is the master of it. Oh my goodness. I mean that's that you know like you know Kareem had his skyhook Mason Plumlee's got his reverse dunk. I mean, that's the go-to. I love that. It's it's a great move for him. It's been working well. We love seeing it. Let's go to players to watch, Hornets or Clippers. Where do you want to go first? I'm going to go with the Hornets, and I want to see Miles Bridges continue to do what he's been doing. I thought during the broadcast, I was unfortunately unable to listen to you, Sam, on Friday. I was watching the TV to be able to cut late highlights from, but Hubie Brown made some really, really good observations of Miles and his game and, and talked about, you know, and Izzy Gutierrez actually talked about the things that Miles worked on in the offseason and having a, a secondary and even a third move to go to when his primary move is stopped and his ability to go through traffic and still maintain control of the basketball, whether he draws the contact and scores or gets free for a dunk or anything like that, as Miles continues to grow as a player, I mean, he's averaging 20 points a season or 20 points a night right now. It looks almost effortless for him right now. So I want to see him continue to grow. I want to see him continue. And if he takes Zubats on, you know, going to the cup, you know what? I'll bank on Miles Bridges coming up on the right side of those matchups more often than not. I I love the way he's playing, and I think he's going to be a key piece to a Hornets win on Sunday. Miles Bridges, eight 20-plus point games in his last nine tries. He's making a serious run at an all-star game appearance. My player to watch for the Hornets, I'm going LaMelo Ball. He's also making a run at an all-star appearance. He had a okay game against the Clippers. He scored a lot. He had 21. He had seven rebounds, but only three assists in that game, and he was in some foul trouble as well against the Clippers. He's someone that the Hornets really need to be even more of a leader. And you know, We started this podcast talking about the small forward position. Things are still a bit up in the about who will be available anytime some of those veterans are missing or a veteran is missing it puts more pressure on the young guys Lamelo ball shoulders have been wide and strong and able to handle any pressure put on him throughout his almost not even quite yet but almost 100 games of NBA action but this is one where I think Lamelo is going to have some advantages and I'm looking to him to have a nice performance and uh, hopefully spark the Hornets to a win last but not least a Clippers player to watch who do you like Mike Well, who frightens me the most in terms of being a guy that can have a big afternoon and be a real problem is Luke Kennard. You know, he's a shooting guard. He can, you know, he's averaging just 12 points per game, but you, you can understand that if he gets rolling, you know, I know he's only got 10 starts this season, but if he gets rolling coming off the bench and starts filling it up, 
that can be problematic for the Hornets. They're going to need to make sure that they pay attention to him when he comes in off the bench. I don't want to go with the usual the usual suspects, the Reggie Jacksons of the world, or you know that sort of thing. To me, I think that Luke Kennard is one of those guys that you have to worry about. He can be one of those pests that comes bench and just starts getting hot. You don't want to see him get heated up because if he starts to heat up and he starts feeling it, it won't be a, a you know a, a situation where he's just playing 15 minutes. I mean, he's averaging almost 29 minutes per game, so he gets a lot of time on the floor. And I think he's a guy that. If he gets rolling, he can be a problem. So I, I want to keep Luke Kennard under his average in terms of 12 points per game, just so he just kind of had, kind of has a an average run of the mill kind of Sunday afternoon. He has certainly sparked some big comebacks recently. And the guy I've got my eye on, uh, someone you mentioned actually, it's Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson's put together a nice season here. He is the starting point guard for this team. He also has played pretty darn well on the road all year. A lot of his big assist games have come away from whatever it's called now. I guess it's crypto com or whatever whatever they're calling it in any case i think you know when you look at reggie jackson and what he's been able to do as the point guard his best distribution games have really come on the road and he's nowhere near the same type of passer that Lamelo ball i'm not insinuating that he is but he's been a better three-point shooter and a better overall distributor on the road versus at home. You know, just looking in that subset for the Clippers, he's a guy I've got my eye on. So Reggie Jackson, my focal point for this one for the Clippers. I like the point guards and the centers. We'll see how it all works out. Of course, we'll have pregame for you starting at noon on our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ. If you're not all the way caught up now with this podcast, we'll have even more intel for you. And then, of course, tip time at 1 p.m. from Spectrum Center. And after the game's over, make sure you are locked in for the nightly sports cast on Spectrum One. Mike Salarte will have you covered. And Mike, thank you so much for joining us again here on the Hornets Hivecast. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to talk to you. And Looking forward to seeing you at the Hive again soon. Hey Sam, thanks for having me. Going to be a fun afternoon. One thing to remember, Clippers, this is game seven of this road trip too, so they could be dealing with a little bit of road fatigue, which would be certainly beneficial to the home side. Sam, thanks for having me, brother. Anytime. And I, I remember what game seven of a road trip feels like too. We're glad to have this team home uh, for the extended future. One game on the road coming up after today's contest, and then they're back for a few more inside Spectrum Center. All your ticket information is available right now at Hornets.com. Our thanks again to Mike Salarte, sports anchor for Spectrum One here in Charlotte for joining us here on the HHC. Thanks to our producer Rob Longo as well, and most of all to all of you for tuning in. We will talk to you again tomorrow with another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, breaking down today's game against the Clippers. Till then, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.